Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm going to welcome everybody uh, to our podcast. This is uh, another edition of Michael and Tom Eat Snacks, Mates, um, with myself, Tom Cavanaugh, and my dear friend, Michael Ian Black. Thank you. I noticed you changed the name of the podcast slightly. You said Michael and Tom Eat Snacks. As opposed uh, to Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. To this point, it's been Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. I'm fine with either, but I feel like there should be consistency. So you want to start the podcast with a harangue? No, I didn't want to. I wanted to start on on a positive note. But as a guy who's disciplined and has set certain standards for himself, you don't want to have to be the bad cop, but you will be if it's going to better this whole project. My thinking is, if I'm a listener and I don't know where to find the podcast, I have to Google something. I want to know what I'm supposed to Google. Is it Mike and Tom eat snacks or is it Michael and Tom eat snacks? Your point's well taken. Look, I don't like you know, this kind of flagellating at the beginning of a podcast. Is it going to set us off on the right note? Obviously, it's not. Right. I'm furious at you, but I agree with you. Your point is well taken. I'm, so and, that's and, all it is. Why can't you just take it? I would say just take it as constructive. It's not even constructive criticism. It was, I was pointing it out. You did it in a, in a, in a mean, dominating fashion. Uh, you, you had like a domineering tone. You had something to lord over me, and you, and you did so. But you want to go with Mike. Is that correct? What's funny is yeah, yes. in, my, in my life. In your wife? In my life. In your wife? No. In my life. Oh, your life. I thought you said in your wife. I prefer Michael. Yeah, yeah. In your wife. No, ew. What? Wait, what are we talking about? My wife's pussy. That's what I thought. So okay. in your life, you prefer Michael. Right. But in the podcast, I think I prefer Mike. So it's Mike. Yeah. Okay. So Tom and Mike eat snacks. Welcome to Tom and Mike eat snacks. In I'm not even going to interrupt you because... Because it's good. Is it good? Is it Look, is, is it broad? Is it easy? Yes. That makes it good. But as you know, we had long discussions before we started this podcast. This is not mates if it's, you know... Yeah. It's Tam, teams. Ta- teams. And we don't like that. Is it as good as mates? It's not even close. No. no so sir. if you want to play with the name, play with the name. I just did that for, you're, I just you're, did that for comedic effect and to bother you a little bit. I, I tried to like sauce up your mustard. I was going to cheese your mustard a little bit. So I tried to cheese your mustard. My mustard is both sauced and cheesed. Okay. <laughs> All right. So in this podcast, I'm excited about this podcast. Yeah. Um, our last podcast was, uh, you know, it, it's, is it tough to follow? A little bit. You know, when... When you're in the Celtics, right, Michael? Yeah. And you've won six in a row, right? say. It's tough to gear up for the seventh in a row. I mean, it, it creates a whole... The defending champion vibe is a whole different vibe than the hungry wannabe a first-timer. Do you agree with that? I do, but I, I definitely don't feel like the Celtics. 
My point is, we had the Slim Jims on, and they broke records. Yeah. We had the Slim Jims. We had the Slim. We invited the Slim Jims last weekend, right? And the Slim Jims came aboard, and we just couldn't find fault with the Slim Jims. Here's the thing: I don't judge the quality of the podcast by the quality of the snack. That doesn't even factor into me. The quality of the podcast with the quality of the snack. No, because I thought I thought I was very interested in the Fudge Stripes, which rated terribly. I thought it was a good podcast. Um, Do you not? You're not aware. You are aware of the ticker tape parade, right? That sure. happened after, sponsored by Slim Jim and New York City Mayor Bloomberg. No. Yes, after we gave the Slim Jim such a high rating, there was a parade. Look, it wasn't up and down Broadway. Okay, they went up Varick Avenue. Right. But they still had a ticker tape parade. So, whether or not you assess the quality of a podcast on how well the the pod the the, the snack in question does, it. It does not mean that the world, the listening world, shares the same MO. They listen to it and they go, wow, it did great. Wait. Okay. They're result-oriented a little bit more than you are. You Hold are on. just in for the journey. Hold on. Uh-huh. Because what I think you're saying, unless I'm hearing you wrong, is after the last podcast, mm-hmm. the city of New York. Mayor Bloomberg. Mayor Bloomberg. And the city and, of New York. And, and, and Slim Jim. Mm-hmm. Had a ticker tape parade? On Varick Avenue. Maybe Varick Street. I for the podcast? Just for Slim Jims. They, they weren't really celebrating us. They were celebrating the fact that Slim Jims raided. Because of the podcast. <coughs> I guess because of the podcast. Were you invited to the parade? I was not, nor were you. I, at first, I was so excited. Like, well, that's great. What float? Are Michael and I be on the lead float? They're like, no, no, it's just kind of a Slim Jims in New York City thing. We're just kind of celebrating. You know, there's huh. some good news for Slim Jims. And I said, right, we, but we were the profferers of that good news michael and tom's so we should be in the lead float and they're like no we're just gonna put slim jims on the slim jims and mayor bloomberg on the lead float and i said look i understand you know he's he's a public figure he runs for office he wants to be on the lead float we'll be on the second float you know michael and i'll be on the second float and they said no we we don't need we don't and i was like you don't need michael i'll I'll just do it and they were like we don't need you either. It's just sort of a celebration of Slim Jims. So weird. Yeah, it was weird. So they had it. They actually told me it was going to be on a Tuesday, and then they went and snuck it in on a Monday afternoon. Oh, those fuckers. So I went down to Varick on Tuesday, and I could see the ticker tape on the ground, and I knew right then. Yeah. They've had it already. Nobody just throws ticker tape on the ground for nothing. Yep. Yeah. But you know what? Bloomberg's a Jew. Yeah. It's probably a Semitic thing. Mm-hmm. And you know me. I'm not... I'm not really anti-Semitic. No, not more than most. Right. Right? I mean, you and I are grudgingly friends. Yeah. But I made you change your last name, right? Yes. You, you, you're now black. Right. Right? And so we coexist. Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 there is as much tolerance as could be expected. Thank you. That's big of you. Today. Yeah. Mike and Tom on the Mike and Tom Eat Snacks podcast, if it's not already apparent, what you and I do is we pick a snack each podcast, we eat it, we talk about it, we rate it. End of podcast. End of podcast. That's it's clean and simple. It's a, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a very simple formula, but for us, to this point, it's been fun. And that's really, why we do it. Really enjoyable. That is why we do it. We... I've been fielding. I don't know how your uh, what your inbox is like. I've been fielding a lot of um, questions about how we got into the podcast game. 
And what? How did you answer? Well, I uh, I told I told him the truth. Um, people think it's all snakes and giggles, and it isn't. You know that you just kind of do a podcast because everybody's asking you to do a podcast. That's not how it is. Mm-hmm. People think they know Hollywood. Is that they, an expression? Snakes and giggles. Yeah, like snakes, for example, because snakes are fun, and giggles because giggles make you laugh. You know, okay. like if it's like, okay, what's fun? Snakes. What? Y- what when you laugh? What do you what do you do? You giggle. So snakes and giggles. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. Snakes and giggles. Like, say you open your cabinet. Right. There's a snake there, like a you know 14 foot puff adder. Let's say second most poisonous snake in the world. And what do you do? You <laughs> puff adder. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, the name puff adder alone. Fun. Right. Fun. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Snakes and kind giggles. Kind of like I'm with you. Yeah. So snakes. So snakes and giggles. People think it's all snakes and giggles, and it isn't really. There's a lot of there's a lot of difficulty. I mean, you you for example, you're having stress, mm-hmm. existential crisis after crises. Yeah. Right. I think that's fair to say. And why are you having these? It's not easy being a performer. It's one of the reasons. Uh, you're a performer. Uh, sure. For the audience that does that is listening to this and just thinks they're getting into a podcast, both of us are are actors by training, mm-hmm. but we both do other things. Mm-hmm. For me, the reason I got into the podcast business was to hang out with you on occasion because we don't see each other that much. So this gives us an excuse to come hang out. Uh. But in terms of, and that's the snakes and giggles part. That is the snakes and giggles part. We, for the people that don't know, Michael and I, uh, the expression way back, we go way back, Mm -hmm. right? 10 Um, years, 11 years. More than a decade now and, uh, you know, a century ago even. Mm -hmm. So that's something. But we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times, if you see your friends at work, if say say you're out there and you have a a good friend at work, you get to see that person every day and it's great. And for a while, we had that luxury. We got Mm -hmm. to see each other uh, every day for for four years. Yeah, roughly. And one of the good things and also one of the bad things about being a performer is, you know, you, you are thrust into a fairly intense situation. You have to create something. You have to do well. Um with a whole large group of people. And that's the common goal that, that bonds you. And then a, as you strive for that goal, you, you, um, you meet and you become friends with um, varied personalities. And it's, it's fun. It's really enjoyable. And you know all along that that's not going to last. Even the longest-running show gets canceled, and it seems like it's been canceled for a long time. Cheers, Seinfeld, All in the Family. Number you can name a number of shows that seem to have gone that seem to have gone on forever, and then they're just gone. I talked to Mike Farrell, <coughs> who was uh, one of the leads in Mash, BJ Honeycutt, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I asked him, uh, you know, that that ran for I think it's nine seasons, and I asked him, uh, was it fun? You know, was it enjoyable? Uh, seasons into his run, and he said that. Uh, they had literally like one, one and a half days off on that shoot and that done on the, on the night before, on their last night of shooting, um, before the weekend break, they would get together and see where they were all going for dinner together on that night, nine seasons in. Wow. And he said, can you imagine nine seasons in and you still want to be with each other? That's how much fun it was. Mm-hmm. And I look at the Ed experience in the same fashion mm-hmm. that... 
it was always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always enjoyable to be there. Um, the large things, but mostly the small things. Um, you and I used to count down the hours toward lunch. Sure. You remember that? Yeah. You loved lunch. I still love lunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you would concentrate. If it were like a normal scale, like, and obviously we shot 16, 17 hour days, we shot long hours. But if it were a normal day scale and say your lunch was at noon, come around 1030, mm-hmm. you would be impossible to contain. <laughs> well, the thing about lunch at a, on, a, on a film set is it's free. They have to give you lunch. And you know exactly when it's going to be from the moment you arrive. Mm-hmm. And you know there's going to be a big selection. And I've just never gotten over the idea. Uh, and it's all you can eat. I've never gotten over the idea that you can go to work and six hours in, they have to feed you all you can eat. And it's usually pretty good. Absolutely. I think one thing that I have always felt is a, a common um, bonding point on film sets is how bad the caterer is or how bad the lunch is. You hear that a lot. And oh, yeah. I have never, ever felt that. People are always bitching about the food. Exactly right. And uh, Shut up, you motherfucker. It's yeah, free food. It's free fucking food. Are you kidding me? And also, someone slaved over it. It's good. To me, it's good. I don't know what their standards are. Right. But I invariably feel, in the minority, I feel, are you kidding me? This is great. Here's your selection. Vegetables. Mm-hmm. I mean, a veg- vegetable dish. Right. Uh, chicken. Yeah. Or a meat-based dish. Yeah. Fish. Yeah. Every time. And always. Every time. And a good salad bar. And a great time. salad bar. And, and a great dessert bar. What else do you fucking want, you motherfucking What is whiners? your fucking problem? How yeah. can that not be good? So we, so we bonded over that, certainly. Certainly we did. We had a couple of routines, a few routines we would do. Uh, do you remember the guy that Michael would do this routine where there was a guy at, uh, and it was never on a film set. He was always a guy that worked at an office, uh, a dreary office. And uh, he, would come down <laughs> to, uh, he would come down to the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. He would fix himself lunch, and he would sit by himself at a table. And uh, kind of nod his head that he was doing just fine, just yeah. fine. And his, his life was really a shambles. It was a conservative scream. Uh, and yet he would just... He thousand, would thousand yard stare while eating. Yeah. And people would come, and this was the routine. People would come and sit by him. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't engage them in conversation. He would just kind of have a thousand... And he would nod as he... You know, yeah, things are doing... He would have a kind of a nod, a, an affirming nod as mm-hmm. he ate his each bite. <laughs> and he would ignore the people next to him. Because things were doing just fine, thank you very much. And, you know, busy man, got to get back to work. And he would, uh, he would consume his meal, and he would be, he'd be off on his way. I'll tell you one of the things that I remember doing with you that uh, was funny, probably because of its riskiness, was when we would when pantomiming. Uh, f- f- I remember specifically pantomiming fucking John Goodman in the ass. Without his awareness. Well, we had John Goodman, uh, <laughs> just the, one of the most accomplished thespians um, of his day. Uh, Coen Brothers, name it. We're not everybody knows, everybody knows John Goodman. Everyone knows John Goodman. He's great. And John Goodman um, came to our set to, uh, to guest star. Uh, and I feel he lost a bet or there were some kind of inner workings, because who knows, why is John Goodman on Ed? Yeah. Nonetheless, we were so happy and so grateful to have a bona fide movie star, uh, and that did not stop you from as he would march through a scene, yeah. you know, pantomiming <laughs> that you were going to perform anal sex <laughs> with John Goodman. Yeah. And you, 
he dwarfs you. Oh, he could. Like the visual of it was hilarious because you, and another thing I should say is, uh, my, Michael, while the persona of the guy who was trying to perform anal sex with John Goodman was not Michael Ian Black, but rather was a chipper boot, boot snapper kind of guy. He always whistled. He had a whistle. He, he swung his elbows jauntily along as he like, as he, as he approached his target. His uh-huh. uh, and then pantomime fucking the target in the ass. And, were John Goodman to ever see me do that? That was the beauty of it. It wasn't so much that you were pantomiming. No. It's juvenile. It's whatever. Yeah. But it's, if if this guy who didn't really want to be there and who didn't... I don't think he wanted to be there at all. No. I was being, I was being a little bit diplomatic. He didn't want to be there at all. How could he? I, uh, I don't blame him at all. Why would he want to come do this NBC television show that... Right. You know. So, and he, you know, he wasn't making any attempt really to be friendly but in fairness we were told by his his i don't know good friend acquaintance mike Starr, before who was on ed at the time mm-hmm. um that although sometimes people think that oh look at he's, he seems jovial and uh you know uh, the very uh, epitome of bonhomie in his roles he's very shy yeah, and don't be offended at the fact that he's shy and probably won't want to talk. Oh, I don't. I, nobody ever told me that. This is the first time hearing of that. <laughs> <laughs> Star might have told you. He didn't tell me. Right. I just he, thought, he oh, had this a guy much, much lesser opinion of you. Yeah, yeah. Right. This guy, uh, I thought, doesn't want to be here. And if I tried to engage him a little bit, he really wasn't having it. <laughs> and so, were he and to we turn around, also say, should people Google this? Uh, all his scenes were with you, as I recall. Uh, several of them, yeah. I think most of his scenes were with you. Yeah. And and to be fair to him, like I can't hold a candle to him in terms of ability, and he knew that. <laughs> that, was, that was obvious. I don't think John Goodman go. goes on most sets and thinks these people can hold a candle to me. Probably not. He probably walks on every set and goes, no one can hold a candle to me. I don't know. I don't know if he's arrogant like that. No, but I think he probably thinks it. Yeah, sure. If you think things, that doesn't make you arrogant. People think this stuff all the... You know, don't express it. Right. So were he to see me... Oh, God, I wish he would have seen you. It would have been really bad. Oh, and that's what made it funny. That's what made it really funny. that Because you were brazen about it. Yeah. There'd be crowds of people along. <laughs> and you would walk and, and you, would, you, know, you, would, you would mimic it. And, and he could have turned around at any second. Yeah. And just with a big bear paw... Taking your head clean off. Yeah. That would have been, I mean, and, and I think for my role in it, I was just egged you on to do it nonstop. Yeah. And kind of didn't want you to be seen, but kind of did. Yeah. I think, you, I think it's better that it, I wasn't. I think it is. But now he's sitting at home listening to this and going. Oh, he's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> he likes a good snack. He does like a good he snack. He does like a good snack. Uh, anyway, so, so we're working on that and, uh. We became fast friends and good friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I have to. I I'm going to make a confession to you now, which I've never made to you, uh, but which I feel needs to be made. Which is for the first couple years of our friendship, Uh-oh. I didn't necessarily trust that we were friends, <laughs> right? Because because of who you are. No, no. Well, pr- yes, but also because of who you are, which is to say, you are so nice. To everybody that I thought to myself, there's no reason to think that this, that, that 
any friendship that I may feel like is is occurring between us is actually any friendship because he's kind of leading the charge here and being a good guy to everybody. So basically keep your distance and don't 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 impede on the guy is what I was thinking. Because I noticed pretty much everybody on that set thought, oh, I'm really good friends with Tom Cavanaugh. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to be the guy who's thinking, I'm really good friends with Tom Cavanaugh. Because I just didn't trust it. Didn't trust it at all. I would say that extended more than the first couple of years. I would say most through most of the run. Three, of, of, three years of four? Sure. Sure. Because um, it's worth saying that you're a very good guy. And, uh, like, very good in the sense, like, you make people feel good about themselves, you go out of your way to ask people about themselves, you're courteous, you're thoughtful. Like, you're, you're all the things that I certainly don't think of myself as. And so I just felt like, you know what, let me, let me, let me, let me keep my distance a little bit here. It's hard to know what to say to that, um... So I don't think I'm even going to to try because I feel like there's there's in many many levels of high praise in there. You you know, as a Canadian, we don't compliment well, but um, but certainly you can say with friendship, the proof is kind of in the pudding. Oh, I right? like pudding. Like I love pudding. We uh, make a note. Mm-hmm. But we uh, over the years since that ended have have maintained the friendship and that is I think that is a telling point because I agree with you sometimes it's easy to be friends on a film set you're you're engaged in the same endeavor you're having a great time it's 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 enjoyable and then um largely when you leave a film uh or a television show I've always felt you tend to take maybe one or two people Uh with you as friends even though you would probably say you're friends with a whole swath of them while you're filming it and I have found over the last 20 plus years of, of doing this that that is kind of, it's largely one or none. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you're put into such an intense environment, sometimes the friendship suffers uh, without that structure behind it. That's like how, that's, that's the Hollywood same as romance. That's how, I, that's how I am with all my, my war buddies. Because with your war buddies, you're out there right. and you're, you're clinging to life you it's it's you're out there getting shot at and you all have that same commonality of experience you come back over no, here we worked in a veterinary hospital you were war buddies yeah <laughs> so over there or here over there oh, okay so you were over there oh yeah, yeah where yeah. were you in like a german base oh no colorado when I said over there, see, my feeling was over where the war was taking place. Oh, no, no. There was no war. It was Colorado. So you were in Colorado, and so it's an intense experience with you and your it wasn't war wasn't that buddies. intense. Yeah. We were lab technicians, which basically mean we swept up. My feeling was that when we started this thing about your war buddies was that you were actually in war. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I see, I have to confess, I thought that you weren't, hadn't, hadn't been in the war. Yeah, yeah. But I pretended that, oh, yeah, so it's the same. Yeah, I get it. And then I was going to go home and, you know, ask somebody, was Michael in the war? Yeah, no, I, no, I wasn't in the war. But you were in Colorado sweeping up. Yeah, but it was at a... It was at a but it was an t- intense experience. You bonded with your buddies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I... Yeah. So it's like a film set. Yeah. But, but not, not really. Yeah, but I didn't even... As I'm thinking about it, like when we were... Like we weren't even... Like I didn't even like those guys. But we like each other. Yeah. What? I'm sorry. 
I, I, what? I, I just feel like I got us off to off, off, off got a what off topic. I got us off topic. And no, but I mean, what's the, we like each other? Sure. What? Yeah. 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 And that's why we do the podcast. It's almost like if somebody asked you a question which you were definitive about, you would say yes. But you, I ask you a question, you're kind of, yeah, yeah. Like, um, ask me, do I like my car? You like your car? Yeah. So you don't like it that much? Well, see, that's what I'm inferring from your response to our friendship. Oh. You get it? Yeah. So we're friends? Yeah. I was definitive. How much more definitive could I be? I said, yeah, I didn't say Ask me if we're friends. Are we friends? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that? Ask me again. Are we friends? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so anyway, our friendship has stood the test of time, and now you know that we are friends, even though, because once Ed got canceled, mm-hmm. once they took the jackknife to it right. and stabbed it, killed it, knocked it off, sent yeah. it for a loop, sure, X show, late show, we, uh, not the late show, no. we, uh, we continue to be friends. And we are looking for something to do so we could at least have, because our friendship largely was, we, you were, we were working on different things, what you're working on, this, blah, 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 and we would get together, we'd have lunch and you know, go to uh, various events. Um, but it's hard when you have the kind of schedule that we used to have together and we're doing it separately. Mm-hmm. And so for, I guess, years, we've been hoping to do something together, wanting to do something together, and uh, this is it. we had a couple of ideas, but this is, the, this is the one that's actually taken place. Right. Which is kind of really enjoyable for us. Oh, it's been great. Certainly for me. You seem to be on the, you know, on the fence about our friendship, but for me, right. it's, been, it's been phenomenal. So, so there is one specific product, a snack product, that is seasonal. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think probably everybody has had at one point or another. Um, but it's not something that you that you eat a lot of, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about Nabisco Malamar cookies. Malamars. The Malamar. The Malamar. I mean, the Malamar. it's just a. It's a great. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment on it. But we have to because you know we're we're supposed to be objective about this in this podcast. But but that being said. For, for, when we talked about Malamars, both of us kind of felt, ooh, the Rolls-Royce of holiday cookies. That's exactly what it is, the Rolls-Royce of holiday cookies. It's, for those of you who don't know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that any of you don't, it's marshmallow on top of a, a, a thin wafer cookie wafer. drenched in pure, pure chocolate. chocolate. And it says right on the box, pure chocolate. They make a point of putting pure chocolate on the box. They want you to know that they're not messing around. They, can, they, they take their... Rolls-Royce status, seriously. Which makes me think that the pure chocolate may explain the price of Malamars. Malamars are not cheap uh, and never have been. The, the, the small box, 8-ounce uh, standard-sized Malamar mm-hmm. box that I bought here in New York City costs $5.49. By far the most expensive snack we've had on the podcast to date. Absolutely. I, I'm a little taken aback. I'm looking at the price tag. Absolutely, five forty, five forty nine. Ordinarily, <clears throat> I probably would have gotten two boxes: one for you, one for me. Mm-hmm. But when I saw they were five, five and a half dollars, I was like, you know what? One box will be fine. That's fine. That's fine. One is fine. I might have even gotten one said, for I'm, I'm, for I'm, Ian, our our producer, if they were a little cheaper. I'm Ian, not spending fifteen bucks on this fucking podcast. Ian, our producer. Well, first off, it wouldn't. Have, oh yeah, because you would have bought one for me, one for you, and one for Ian. Yeah, sixteen fifty plus tax. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sixteen fifty. Let's say he's quick. Um, 
Ian, our producer, gets n- normally gets his share. Yeah. And it's interesting that with something that is, you know, in keeping with the holiday spirit, you've chosen to deny him his share. Well, well I guess what because I Because you know what? Fiscally, you just couldn't pull it off. I'm sorry. I couldn't, pull, couldn't do it. I, it. These aren't the salad days of Ed anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. When you were just raking it uh. in. Not a, nary a care in the world. I'll now, fuck John Goodman. What do I care? Right. I'll buy myself out of, way out of prison. Right. I don't care. Now I'm pinching every penny. I'm Michael Ian Black. I'm Phil. I, 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 I have had so many television shows canceled between mm-hmm. Ed and now that I think it's safe to say I'm essentially unemployable in the entertainment industry. I have to be careful about where my money goes. It's not going to Ian. I, I agree with that. I mean, your money could go to Ian, but I agree that you're essentially It'd be a stupid move on on my part. Yeah, you need to you need to hoard your coins. And what you, I was you, thinking was, uh, there's probably enough Malamars in here for everybody to have at least a, at least a few. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. We'll you know we'll share, maybe, right? Oh, yeah. we're not going into saying we're not sharing. No. We'll, we'll share, maybe. Mike and Tom eat snacks on the internet. Now I, I have to say again. And I think there's something revealing about me in that I have high expectations for Malamars. And I've had pretty much high expectations for almost every snack that we've had to this point. Yeah, and there has been no pattern with your high expectations. Uh, Largely, you've been disappointed. Um, And you weren't last week, and hence the ticker tape parade with Bloomberg that we were not invited to. Nine out of of ten. Last week, we did Slim Jims. They rated very, very highly. I gave it a 9 out of 10, my highest rating to date. Yeah. Malamars, I'm predicting a similarly high score. Do me a favor. Hmm? Open them up. Let's see what the scent is. Oh, you're letting me open them. Yeah. See, if, get, get close to it and see if there's a release of air. I feel like there will be. It opens beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's, it opens very nicely. Again, we, I can't overstate that. Just watching you hold it, it, there's light falling off the packaging. It's so crisp and clean. And, uh. and there was a little whiff of chocolate that escaped. One of the distinctive features of the Malamar that I've always liked is wow, the little dark Malamar nipple right at the top. Yeah, the nipple. Um, it's called the nipple. It's where they have drenched the fudge. The little machine has literally poured fudge over the center mark, uh, letting it cascade over the marshmallow down onto the cookie, surrounding it, uh, encasing it in a shell of fudge, the end result of which is a little fudge nipple, surrounded by a tiny little fudge areola. You see the areola? I see the areola. Let me tell you something. I see the areola. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're saying you see it. I see the areola. Do you know what I'm saying? I think so. You see the areola. I see the areola. Maybe I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> I see the areola. Okay. Okay. Okay? Okay. Good. So uh, when I hold this Malamar, as I am right now, and I smell it, it does not smell like tinned chocolate. It smells like good, rich, rich, thick cocoa. It does. It has a distinctly cocoa quality to it. Now, I have done commercials for, I don't remember what it was, but for some, oh, Klondike. I've done commercials for Klondike where on the packaging it says uh, chocolatey taste or something or chocolatey or chocolatish. <laughs> chocolatey like. Something like that. And I, spe- and I remember asking them why it says, I remember asking them about that. They said they cannot call it chocolate because it wasn't. What? I don't know what the definition, there's a legal definition of chocolate that Klondike cannot employ 
uh, in their product because whatever they're putting on there does not meet the legal definition of chocolate. Is the legal definition of chocolate something like has to be chocolate? I'm guessing it has to have some amount of cocoa in it percentage-wise for it to be considered chocolate. So when you see pure chocolate writ so large on the Malamar box, what that's telling me is... You're going to pay five forty nine. You're going to pay five forty nine for this. Yeah. Uh, my traditional method of eating Malamar... Um, is different. If you'll notice, Tom, in most Malamars, maybe in all Malamars, there is a slight overhang of marshmallow on one side over the cookie. Yes, I see that. Okay. So what I do is I identify where that marshmallow hang is. Uh Uh-huh, the overhang. I seize it with my teeth. You seize it? Oh, I see. Seize with his I mouth. rip it clean right wow, off the cookie. Wow, look you eat the Malamar. I rip it clean right off the motherfucking cookie. So wait, so you just rip the whole marshmallow. You take the thing and you rip the whole marshmallow. You take a whole bite of marshmallow. Mm-mm. All the marshmallow, folks, friends, is now gone from <coughs> Michael's cookie. He seems, choke. Yeah, he's choking up a little bit. If he goes... <laughs> oh, <fuck>. oh, Malamar. <laughs> that might be it. Oh, how you do me, Malamar. Uh, how you do me. Do you know that there was this guy that dropped... This will be a few weeks ago when we aired this, but uh, he dropped the touchdown pass for the Buffalo Bills. Uh-huh. A sure, game-winning touchdown pass Didn't see it. for the Buffalo Bills against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a big victory for Buffalo. And it was a long, a long pass. And it, there was nobody around him, and he just muffed it. Yeah. Okay? Afterwards, he stood up like a man. In the uh, and they lost the game. They lost a uh, field goal in overtime. And uh, he stood up like a man and said, "I feel terrible. I let the team down, etc." So he didn't dodge any questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was broken up about it. Uh, by all accounts, a solid and, and good receiver, a young guy. Afterwards, he tweeted. <laughs> the tweet was this: "I praise you twenty four seven, all in." Uh, Capital letters, all in caps. I praise you 24-7, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. And this is how you do me? Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. I'm supposed to learn from this? Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. How? Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Thanks, though. Dot, dot, dot. So. Who was it directed to? Marv Levy? I guess he was tweeting God. Oh, not Marv Levy. I don't think he praises Marv Levy 24-7. Also, Marv Levy's really got... Not so much to do with the Buffalo Bills anymore. Oh, okay. I appreciate the reference. Thanks. You're welcome. But is it strange or not? Is it is it or is it not strange to a tweet God mm-hmm. and b kind of take a shot at him? <laughs> yeah, really strange. The caveat at the end being thanks, though. I guess. Right. I guess you're saying very. But thank you for thank you for God. thank you for forgiving me, God. Right. But what are you doing? This is how you do me. Right. Like just that phrase alone is the one that I was flabbergasted by. This is how you do me. Right. Look, I praise you, God, so you better be... You better help me catch a football. Fuck yeah. Anyway, you said this is how you do me because you're about to lose your life on the Malamars, which would have been awesome. If you'd, like, I don't want to see you go, but if you got to go... Good way to if go. If you'd gone on the podcast, I think about the money I would have made. Amazing. Now, here's why I don't like the, Mar- the, the Malamar. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I like the Malamar. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But you see what happened here? Yeah. That's my experience with the Malamar. And when I say you see what happened here, folks, I'm talking about how I ate all along the, the edge, got the chocolate off and the wafer, and left with and I'm left with the center big bulb of marshmallow. Right. 
I don't really care for it. You don't like marshmallow or you don't like Malamar marshmallow? No, I like marshmallow. Um, and I like pure chocolate. And I like wafer. And I don't really love them as a combination. Uh-huh. Give me a marshmallow. Give me a campfire. Give me a guitar. I'm happy. Give me chocolate. Happy. Give me one of those chocolate fountains that they have sometimes at premier openings sure. where you like stick a strawberry in and cover it with chocolate. Eat that up. Yeah. Like that too. But this combination, and I understand that they are loved, is kind of a take it or leave it for me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like we were in really good shape with the Malamar. We are in really good shape with the Malamar. Uh, up until you got to nibbling that. around the edge. Mm-hmm. And now you're left with at least half of a Malamar that you don't really care for. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm having the opposite experience. No. But I'm definitely enjoying the Malamar more than you. Yeah. To me, it's a, it's a solid cookie. <laughs> he just dropped his cookie, folks. When I said dropped his cookie, I meant he threw up. <laughs> uh, I dropped it on the floor. I don't care. I like Malamar so much. There's yeah. only 18 of them. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Malamar off the floor. Of course I'm you are. I'm going to eat the Malamar. Yeah, of course you are. I feel like I could easily eat a box of Malamars. <laughs> yeah. And, and we are. And no. it turns out we are. And we are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it doesn't surprise me that that's happening. Yeah. Look, I love that Malamars exist. You know, there's a cl- what's the classic scene uh, when Harry met Sally? Uh, where she fakes the orgasm. What's the other classic scene? Where he spits the seed in the window. Yeah, there's that. What's the other classic scene? I don't know. He's sitting at home with his Malamars. You know, she's out on New Year's Eve, and, you know, they said if they didn't have a date, they were going to go be with each other. But they've reached an an impasse, you know, and uh, she's going to be 40 in eight years, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And... He's not really stepping up. He just wants to kind of be like buddies, but she wants something more. And he thinks he's got it good without her. He's sitting at home. He's watching sports and he's got Malamars to keep him company. And as I recall in the voiceover, this is not so bad. Got his Malamars, you know, world's best cookie, I think he says, Uh you know, in his hands. And he realizes, well, as good as the cookie is, he can do better in terms of a life experience. And, you know, he sprints through New York City and. Kisses her the oh oh jeez oh, I hope I'm not giving away the ending. No, it's okay. <laughs> this movie came out in what eighty seven. Yeah, I think at this point. Harry it's okay. Um, and uh, I don't like plastic surgery either. Right, but that's how you feel about Malamars. You, it, there, it's a good life experience, but there's mm-hmm. something better out there waiting for you if you can just dash through New York City. If to I find just dash through New York City to find Meg Ryan, it would be better than just having Malamars. Right. Let's rate the Malamar. I guess I'll start because I, I have it right here in front of me. Exactly right. Um, now, as I said, walking into the podcast today, I had some high expectations for the Malamar. Skipping into the podcast. I think there, I was skipping. Yep. I think, uh, I thought they'd be a, a very good cookie based on previous experience with the Malamar. It's a classic cookie. It's been around a long time. I've had good experiences with the Malamar in the past. Nothing about today altered my opinion about the Malamar. I give it an eight. I like the Malamar for what it stands for. It's not my favorite thing. Five. Fuck, you're hard. 
That's what she said. See you next week. You got it.